This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Hey, welcome everybody to the Kamloops Insider podcast. For episode 22, we have a great guest here today to talk to you about harnessing the sun's energy. And I'm pretty excited about this podcast. We've had other podcasts where we've talked specifically about real estate items and controversy in real estate. And today we're going to be talking about efficiency, which is something that's true and dear to my heart. And I'm pretty excited about it. But before we start the podcast, I kind of wanted to entertain everybody with a small joke. So, yeah, stop me if you've heard me. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay, so a French Canadian, an Australian Canadian, an African Canadian, and an Argentinian Canadian walk into a solar panel shop. Now, which one of these would be more likely to purchase a solar panel purely to save the environment? or because it's an environmentally appropriate conscious decision, uh, which one of these people would be more likely to purchase a panel in hopes of making profit, making cash? Um, and which that one is already. And which one of these um, people would not purchase a panel due to the personal preference of its aesthetics appearance but would consider buying the neighbor's house and putting in panels all over their <laughs> self-basing exposure. And which one of these people would not purchase a panel without doing far great amounts of due diligence in its feasibility, its resale value, and its potential to add money back to the grid? That's you. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, he's the one that wouldn't buy it at all, but would buy the neighbor's house. What do you think? Allie? I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, Allie's the well, Argentinian I am definitely. I, I know which one I would not do, but okay. it doesn't talk good about me. I do, wouldn't do it for the green environment thing. I would do it for my money and maybe do it for the neighbor's thing so it looks ugly in their house. Who, who's going to do it purely for environmental reasons? That would be me. Really? Yep. Huh. You mean the... Australian the Canadian. Australian Canadian. Okay. Good for you, Emma. <laughs> this didn't work out at all like I planned. Like you planned it. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> I'm the tofu eater, so I figured that you'd probably yeah, choose me for the environment one. I was going to point okay, at I you. Did, I did pick that one for you. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Shocker. <laughs> and uh, which one did you pick for me? I picked you to be the most due diligent person. Of the oh, thank you, Good Parker. Girl. Yay. <laughs> Which one's worse? Which one's worse? Yeah. Like out of um, all those, all which good. one's worse? They're, they're, they're all, all good. good. We all yeah. have different yeah. good yeah. reasons. All right. Okay. Okay. So I'm... our Australian was the one who would do it for, for, for purely greed reasons. <laughs> wow. Just to make money. And wow. I, Thanks, Parker. And I would consider me, like, I wouldn't do it for aesthetic reasons, but I'd have no problems doing the neighbor's house. <laughs> and then so what about Amber? I would do it mostly for environmental reasons, but you know what? Um, it's definitely a financial thing as well. Um, it's, uh, it's, there's a, a return on the investment, so there's a kind of a no-brainer these days because it's, it's gotten so cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a great segue to introduce our guest, which is uh, here from Green Sleeves Electric. That's Green Sleeves. Yep. Right? Green electric. Sleeves Electric. Amber Cashlin. I'm owner-operator of Green Sleeves Electric. Um, we do everything residential and commercial, though I want to specialize in solar, yep. solar energy systems. The wave of the future. It is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So tell me about a little bit about your background. Tell me how you got into electric. Oh, okay. Um, I actually went and I did my first two years of my science degree when I was young and um, I really liked the sciences and I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. So I actually went the other way and became a support worker for 10 years. And um, I finally figured out that I needed to do a job that was a lot more physical, but I still wanted to go to, in the sciences and electrical just kind of stuck out to me. And I, um, so I went to the foundation program and I absolutely loved it. It was definitely the right choice for, for me. What's the, sorry, what, what's the foundation program? Oh, uh, TRU, um, in their apprenticeship programs, for every trade, you can go into the foundation program, which basically gives you your first year of school plus uh, with electrical, it was 350 hours of work experience. Okay. It was a six-month program. So, it, uh, and they indenture you like you you come out of there as an apprentice. Nice. Whereas if you just um, if you're gonna go through and do a regular apprenticeship, you would have to find someone to indenture you first before you could even right. go to school. So you kind of go to like school mm. to do like a pre-apprenticeship, and then you mm -hmm. you have to be yeah. endorsed into an apprenticeship to, to kind of move forward in your. Yep. It's four years, right? It's four years. Four-year yeah. program. Yeah. So you did that right here in Calums? I did, all four years. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so now you're running and operating your electrical company. I am, yeah. Right. It's been since last August, so I'm fairly new at it, but it's getting a lot better. And so. we're doing residential, commercial? Yep, residential, everything residential and commercial. I've done a mix of both um, since I started. It's been a learning experience, m more along the lines of actually running a company as opposed to the work itself. Right. That's the part where I, it's a lot of learning yeah, yeah. 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 So like you got a trade background and now to like s jump into a business perspective, it's like those are two different hands, right? They are completely. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of learning involved. Are you enjoying it? I am. Um, actually, um, for the most part, there's been a few, a few times where, um, you know, when something does go wrong, it, everything falls back on me where it used to be, I was just the apprentice and, right. um, I just did what I was told, and if something went wrong, it wasn't my fault. Right, you pointed. <laughs> yeah. And when you're like the last yeah. line of defense, you gotta yeah. point yeah. it yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what went wrong. Yeah. And, it, and luckily, yeah. you know, not very many things have gone wrong, which is great, but there has been, I think, once where there was a bit of a panic. And yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was different. It was a lot different. It's all good. It's all part of the process of growing and getting growing better. Right? Yep. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, in real estate. Nothing goes wrong in that. <laughs> no. Nothing <laughs> ever. Not in yeah. our office, anyways. For a three. I've seconds. heard about things going wrong in other people's offices. <laughs> um, cool. So, what about uh, like industrial? Do you do any industrial? Is kind of its own thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, you actually have to have a different classification of um, field safety representative or your FSR. Um, there's three different classes. There's A, B, and C. I'm a B, so I can do up to 750 volts, but most industrial stuff is higher than that. So right. I could do some light industrial, but um, for the most part, I just stick to commercial, commercial and residential. Okay. I do have an industrial background. I did work up north for a couple of years. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, you've kind of specialized in being environmentally conscious in your electrical. Yeah, that's actually my goal from the start. It's really hard to get into because it's not a huge industry yet, but I think that it's coming. Um, I think there's going to be a huge boom in solar, and so I just I really wanted to break into that market or that industry before yep. it, the big boom happens, so that I'm ready and I know I you know I'm a knowledgeable person. Where right. um, and you get your yeah. foot in the door, right? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just going to back it up a little bit, but tell me about like the idea of being an electrician and being and a female. Yeah, how's that? 
Um, I actually, when going into it, I thought it was going to be hard, harder for me because I'm a woman and that is absolutely not true at all. Um, before I went into school, I actually started going to the gym more. I, I'm a regular gym goer anyway, and I went to the gym more. And then, um, when we started actually doing the work, it's, it was way easier than I right. thought. And actually the, there was, there was another girl in my class and we were the fastest. Right. Yeah. We were the fastest workers in the class by far. We were way ahead of all the other people um, in the class. Aside from one guy, there was th the three of us that were at the top of the class, me and um, Becky, and then there was another guy, Travis, that was, um, he was also very good and fast. And uh, it was just us three that was, we were way ahead of everybody else. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's a natural thing for you. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump into harnessing the sun's energy. Um, like solar is not a new thing. Uh, no, it's been around since like 1800s. Yeah. Um, the photovoltaic effect was discovered. I can't remember exactly the year, but it was late 1800s, and that's when they started playing around with it. And um, you know, it's been in calculators since I don't like the 70s, isn't it? That they yeah. started putting it in calculators. <laughs> isn't yeah. that weird? Yeah. Like calculators yeah. have been like doing some real serious work for us for all these years, and we've just taken it for granted that they're on solar. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's been around for ages. It's just that it's. It's been, you know, back in the 70s, they were making solar panels, but it was just so expensive. They couldn't, no, it wasn't feasible back then. Um, but um, this is the first time in history that uh, an energy source is actually a technology rather than a commodity. Right. So it's almost like computers and they're making such like fast headway. Like, like it's like computers. You know, last week it was 300 watt panels. This week it's going to be 305 watt panels and they've right. got, you know, m more efficiency and, um, and also the microinverters, uh, cause they're, they're an electronic thing as well. So, you know, the, the, they'll get smaller in size and, you know, microinverters themselves are actually quite new. Um, and they've actually, uh, that's one of the reasons the price in solar has come down quite so much. Right. Cause, uh, yeah. The mass, like being able to construct it for a cheap. Mm -hmm. Now the, the basic elements of, of solar, let's talk about that. So we have, like, if you've Googled it, mm -hmm. which I did just to make sure that kind of knew okay. what the heck I was talking about. Yeah. We have like the panels, that, let's break down the panels that are sitting on a roof of a house. Um, like what are they made out of? Yeah. What are they made of? So, uh, mostly silicon and they're doped with, um, a material that allows them to be conductive. Like, so when a photon hits it, it'll knock on, electrons loose. What's a photon? <laughs> oh, sorry. Light rays from the sun. They, we call those photons. Okay. And, um, they're basically little particles of light that will hit the solar panel yep. and then it'll knock electrons loose because that's what electricity right. is. And so it sends it along. There's, if you, if you look at a solar panel up close, you'll see very, very fine little wires. It's almost like a little grid on there. Yep. And so it'll knock it loose from the silicone that's doped with this material and it'll send it through those conductors and it just, it collects them all. And, and then that's your flow of electricity. It, okay. it just, it, so is yeah. it possible then that a that um, a panel would wear out? Like it would, you say. It's well, there's there's absolutely no moving parts, so it takes a really long time. What usually happens is over years, um, you know, dust will scratch the surface. It's mo it's most of the, mostly the glass will get um, scratched, or um, so that the photons can't um, easily. easily yeah, yeah, okay, that's it. Go through them. Yeah, I don't know whether. So to so to break it down in its most basic form. The sun is shining down, mm -hmm. photons are coming out of the sky, magically, mm -hmm. even on cloudy days. 
even on cloudy days, yeah, um, sun uh, will refract off the clouds and yeah, photons still, we they can still, still see, there's still light, yeah. yeah. So they hit the solar panel, which is, without getting too, too intricate, mm -hmm. essentially is starting to move electrons. Yep. Okay. Without any moving parts. Without any moving parts. And we capture these, uh, we capture these, this movement mm -hmm. and it's a very small voltage, right? Like a one, one volt. Yeah. Well, most, most solar panels after, after, at, you know, all those fine little wires in the solar panel, they all kind of converge and then come out of the solar panel and it's a, somewhere between 30 to 50 volts DC okay. and that's yep. direct current. Okay. And then, so that's what the inverters are for. Usually if it's a standard grid tie system, you'll just mount a, a micro inverter under each panel or a tandem under each two panels. And that will convert right on your roof from DC to AC. So that just goes straight down into your panel, okay. uh, 120 volts. What or is the, why yeah. is that more efficient to convert that to AC power before it comes into the house? Um, it's like, we were just talking about like microinverters yeah. are fairly new, but why wouldn't we just have it come in as a DC form and, and convert it? Um, in like a there, there's a lot of different reasons, actually. One of them is actually safety because when you have DC direct current, it's actually going to be a much higher voltage. Um, a lot of the times it can be up to 600 volts DC coming down off your roof. Okay. And so if your house is on fire or something, I mean, there, there are safety things that you can put into place like a rapid shutdown box that's on your roof. So, you know, um, the firefighters come in and they're chopping through the walls and stuff. They don't want to hit a live 600 volt right. DC wire. Like that's quite high and they, you know, they would die probably. So um, it's a, a lot safer to have um, 120 volts coming down or okay. 240, 240 volts coming down off, the, off your roof. Okay, so it's actually going the other way. I, I always thought it came in at a really low voltage in DC and it was converted to AC. Yeah, the, each single panel is only, you know, 30 to 50 volts, but then you attach them and you wire them in series and that adds up. Right. When you wire in series, the voltages add. Where, add, 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 yeah. add, 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 add. Right, yeah. okay, mm -hmm. cool. So, okay, let's talk about um, in a residential application. There's probably a couple of different ways you could do it. Mm -hmm. There's the guy who has the cabin on the lake that's off the grid mm -hmm. and he's got to take in energy from the sun, he needs to store it yep. so that he can consume it at a later date. Yep. Okay. And then there's a residential application that could have the combination of storing mm -hmm. and feeding the grid. Yeah. That's a hybrid system. Okay. Yeah. There's three different types. There's your standard off, like your off grid system that you're not tied into any sort of grid at all. And, um, that's, you know, you've got your solar panel, you, you know, you might involve a generator for cloudy days because yep. you, you want to have a certain number of days of autonomy. Then that's like how many days you can, you know, survive, like when there's no sun or in the winter and you're hardly getting any sun at all. You have to be able to the store that amount. Apocalypse. Yeah, you have to be able to What's store. What's going to happen then? Well, I mean, the zombies can't eat the sun, so. Right. We don't know that. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, you want to have a certain amount of time and, you know, you have to calculate everything that you use um, when, when it's an off-grid system. You, it's a lot more... It's a lot more complicated and yeah. there's more parts, like there's the batteries and batteries are high maintenance. Right. You know, they have to replace them every few years and um, depending on the type of battery, you actually have to maintain them. Um, you'll have your charge controller, which will, you know, that that's what regulates the charging of the batteries. Yep. So you don't overcharge your batteries and then um, it'll, you know, divert the power when you're not using it to the batteries. Um, Is there any waste in that function? So if you're not at home and you're on a lake, 
so you're on yes, an isolated is. system. Yeah, because you, the charge controller will stop charging the batteries once they're full, otherwise they'll explode. Right. And then, so if you're not using any of that power, say you're away, then it'll just stop. Just um, yeah. It just wastes. Mm -hmm. okay. Whereas a grid tie system, that's where it's nice because you can feed it into the grid all year round. If you and um, they'll net meter and then actually pay you for it. So okay, let's talk about net metering. Yeah. What does that mean? Net metering is where um, the utility will exchange watt per watt, like anything you're overproducing. Um, they will will go into the grid, and then when you're Drawing back from the grid, they'll exchange those watt per watt. You don't have to pay for them. And then there's an anniversary date, and at the end of the year, um, anything that you've overproduced throughout the year, um, they'll actually buy back from you at a certain rate. Right. And here in BC, it's currently at 9.99 cents per watt. Wow. And so, so people will get a check back at the end of that year. Yeah, but that is something that's a bit of a controversy right now. There, um, BC Hydro is... They're talking about changing. In fact, I think they have changed it now, um, as of very recently, that anybody from now on who buys or who gets, um, who applies for a, a grid tie system, uh, they, they'll only allow you a certain size so that you can't really overproduce very much. You, you know, you might overproduce a little bit, but um, they'll only allow you to have, um, to size your system for your needs. So yeah. is that kind of like counterintuitive? Like we don't want you to oversize the system because we don't really want to pay you. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Right. Because yeah. as of right now, I believe you can produce, it's actually quite a bit. I think it's like 100, 100 kilowatts a year, and that's way more than anybody would use. Right. Yeah. Or sorry, not 100 kilowatt hours. <laughs> um, 100,000 kilowatt hours. 100,000 yeah. kilowatt hours. Okay. Yeah. Typically, a house um, now will use about 10,000 kilowatt hours. I think my grow-up uses more than that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a unique thing, yeah. right? So, so BC Hydro is saying, like, listen, we want to we promote this in such a way that you have the potential to make money. Mm -hmm. But ideally, we would just like you to make a little bit of money because we don't really want to... Yeah. We don't want to interrupt all our infrastructure that we've already built. If mm -hmm. there's a huge fad, yeah, and everybody starts putting, isn't that the idea? That's true. Well, you know what? In Ontario, that's kind of what happened a little bit. Um, they actually had a, a great incentive program there that just ended recently. Um, it was their Fit program, and then um, that was for the Fit program was for bigger systems. You know, bigger than ten kilowatts. Okay. Uh, ten kilowatt systems. Oh wait a second, yeah. Um. Sorry, I was just, I, I, I was um, on the last question, I kind of remembered things a little bit wrong. Um, BC Hydro will allow you to install 100 kilowatts currently. So that's, that's watts installed of solar panels. That, that not, it's not that they don't go by the kilowatt hours produced in a year. Okay. Yeah. So. Sorry. <laughs> so let, let's just keep it like really simple here for yeah. my small brain. If I were to install solar panels on my house today mm -hmm. okay what kind of incentives are the government offering me to mm -hmm. do that or is there any incentive at all uh in bc there isn't really much of an incentive which is something that um it would be great if we could change <clears throat> uh it's really up to the the government um there are other provinces that have great incentive programs alberta has several different ones ontario like i was saying had the fit program or the microfit program for you know people could install up to a um, 10 kilowatt system on their house and 
the utility would pay them like an it was a crazy amount um when it first started in 2009 i think it was 10 point or sorry 80.2 cents a watt okay. that's 80.2 cents a watt okay. right now we're paying 8.2 <clears throat> cents a watt right in wow. the, the the lower tier so they were actually if you installed your 10 kilowatts um you could make about ninety six hundred dollars a year well wow. like nine thousand six hundred dollars a year wow with that and Ooh. up to 20 years. So that basically pays for the system. Like they wanted to incentivize it so that people would install it and it basically paid for the system. And then um, they had free electricity for, you know, the life of the panels. Plus um, it gave them some profit after they'd paid their system off. Right. So it was definitely a great investment, um, but that just ended for them, I think December of last year. Wow. That would be a great incentive. for them. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt. Mm -hmm. I, so it, it would be great if we could get something like that here. So why do you think it doesn't happen here? Um, I'm not sure. It's a, it's really up to the, the government, and maybe they don't think that there's enough interest in it or there's not enough people lobbying for it. I have a um, theory. We have a lot of mountains, yeah. and we have a lot of streams that we can block. And we're already set up to make dams and to build that, hydro. Yeah. That's true, yeah. But whereas, um, whereas Alberta, not to cut you off, but mm -hmm. in Alberta, right, I could see that trend growing there because there's a lot of expansive land Mm -hmm. that they could utilize for solar farming, right? That's true, yeah. But I'd like mm -hmm. to see it on houses. I mean, realistically, we have, we talk about this almost every episode, but we have just a little over 33,000 dwellings in Kamloops. Oh, wow. How many of those houses do you think have solar panels on them? I have no idea, not very many. <laughs> like less than 100? Oh, probably. I, you know, you, you don't see them very often. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't know. No. I would say less than 50. Wow. Maybe that can be our research topic for yeah. the week. But I, in, in BC, like Kamloops is one of the sunniest places. So if BC did, um, you know, if there were towns in BC that did uh, incentivize it, because I believe that you can, uh, municipalities can incentivize. I believe in Nanaimo, they actually have a couple hundred dollar rebate for people who install right. uh, system. Um, but just because we're so sunny here. Right. Uh, you know? The potential's here. It yeah. makes sense. I, yeah. I see like some downside maybe being that we do have like mountains and that throughout the year you know a house could be in a situation where it doesn't reap the benefit of the sun's full exposure because for an hour of daylight you're not yeah. getting the sun well we have the stats um it's actually in camels we get um 1171 on average peak hours and i believe the peak hours are the hours where like it's calculated so that's when your solar panels are producing the max amount of right. of wattage so I feel kind of vulnerable. I feel like we've used up a bunch of those hours already in May. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping we still have some left over for June, July, and August. Yeah. Um, okay, so why in California is solar panels like on every other house? Uh, there's quite a few reasons. Like one is definitely the government, um, that they're very pro, you know, they're probably one of the most like environmentally friendly state. Yeah. And then there's also... They have, they're close to the equator, so not only do they have a high amount of peak sun hours, which they have around 2,000 mm -hmm. peak sun hours in a year, um, those hours are, they have like a very high solar iridescence, which is basically the sun is overhead and more photons are going to hit the solar panels than... Um, so it's just more efficient. Because, because yeah, yeah, like yeah. here, the sun goes over at an angle, so um, fewer photons actually hit the, the solar right. panel, so... Right. The strength okay. of the sun is, is, is higher down there. 
Right, southern hemisphere closer to the equator, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and people just are very, very environmentally conscious down there. What are the roadblocks to getting set up here that you can think of? Like Mostly the government and, um, you know, getting people warmed up to the idea of doing it. Um, they, people usually don't want to do something like that unless it's going to benefit them financially. Right. Which is, they, they saw that in Ontario, you mm -hmm. know. Um, even, even with the great incentives they had, a lot of people still were stuck in the mentality that it was too expensive. Right. And that they couldn't afford it, even though they would make money. Right. Yeah. Just the, the, the morale, the, the myth is that you're going to yeah. cost money and it's going to be maintenance and it's going to take money out of my pocket as putting money in. Yeah, because it, it did used to be really expensive and so people still think that it's that expensive, but it's not. I always have this sort of pre-consumption no, notion that if, if yeah, I, I got that wrong. The teacher corrected me. She's going to correct me in a second. Didn't say a word. <laughs> I didn't notion. say a word. <laughs> that if it was financially viable, Mm -hmm. to have solar panels and making money like o over and above what the cost of infrastructure would be, mm -hmm. that there would be just farms and, and there would be entrepreneurs doing this. Well, and, that, and that's what happened in on, uh, to Ontario is people were doing things like that. They, they would make a business out of it. They would, um, you know, they, they would go to low-income homeowners and say, can we lease your roof and, or can we lease you these solar panels? And then they would, they, it's the, the people that own the solar panels that would get the incentives. So. I think that's how it's yeah. working in, in California. Okay. Is that the, the government is sort of financing it. And I got some yeah. friends down in, in, um, in California, so they were kind of explaining to me the process. Like, there's private companies that literally sell the financing for it. Mm -hmm. But essentially the way it works is that the infrastructure is not going to be out of pocket right up front. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to be paying it back over a period of time mm -hmm. at a reasonable interest rate. Mm -hmm. And with that, you're going to take all the benefits of having, you know, feeding the grid. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they're utilizing the power. Like, I don't think their house is set up to take it. But maybe, but maybe it is. Maybe oh, I'm really? wrong about that. Well, yeah, I'm not sure about the, in California. I don't know much about them down there. But I know in Ontario, I believe that even the power that they were consuming, like say you had a system on your house and you were producing 10 kilowatt hours every year, or 10,000 yeah, 10, kilowatt hours every year, yep. um, and you were only using eight, they would still pay you for those 8,000 that you were using. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So is it good or bad? I say good. How come we don't have panels on our roof? Well, <clears throat> maybe I'm so, going to get them now. So you say it's not as expensive. So what what is expensive what it's not expensive what's an what would be an average cost of, of putting yeah. panels on your roof yeah. um the general like a lot of people will put a 16 panel array on the roof that's like the, the probably the most common size of system and that will cost you right today um somewhere between 12 and 14,000 dollars depending on if you have to have your roof structure engine like engineered and you know back framing done and um a little bit more support put in there and um like the install um, it, like how difficult it is to install it on your roof. And, you know, if it's a brand new house and you're able to install it while you're building it, it's going to be a lot cheaper mm -hmm. um, because you don't have to try to fish cable and um, mm -hmm. you can, right. you know, yeah, install it while the roof is going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. is there an ideal roof shape, roof, um, like the way it's facing? Yeah, well, south facing for sure. The farther south and then, yeah, there's, um, you want it uh, at a specific angle. Mm -hmm. um, but really, you you could put them on like the the racking could be tilted, 
uh, you can tilt the racking mm. yeah. so that um, so that it moves sorry. with the sun. Oh, that's tracking. Oh. Um, that's completely different. Um, ra okay. The racking you can have fixed racking that you tilt up, and you can actually get racking that you can move at manual manually throughout the year as because the trajectory of the sun right, is lower in the winter and higher, so you can actually tilt it manually, like every month or so, right. or depending on how, how often you want to go tilt, tilt it. it. Yeah, but, really. Um, <laughs> tilt that thing. Got your tool belt in and drill. And yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, trackers, like, I mean, you know, that, that's adding moving parts in, and so that's going to be more maintenance, and they're more expensive to install, and it's, it's not really worth it um, they've done a lot of research and studying as to see like the financial benefits of it, and it's not really that worth it to put a tracker in. Right. Oh, that was my yeah. next question. Is it worth it? Oh. Is it worth it to have a tracker or an angle or yeah. anything that um, will create more expense? Yeah, that's something that's still kind of. Um, it's it's really hard to say. Um, maybe on certain systems, it's uh, better to have a tracker. You know, mm -hmm. if it's um, I know that there's one in town where it's like one big giant panel I think they've got like I don't know 30 or 40 panels all together on one um, central um, kind of stand and they're all held up and so it kind of tilts the whole thing with one oh, tracker and so that might be um, worth it because it, it's um, it's only one motor yeah yeah mm -hmm. hmm. but if you had yeah so I could see Roblox being uh, people in Valley View that are up against the bank, they're going to lose a lot more sun. Um, mm. Maybe you're tucked in a little cove. Yeah. Maybe your neighbor's house is three and a half stories and blocks the crap Locking out of you. you. Yeah. yeah. You know, I could see those factors being a variable in whether or not it would be feasible. But I still am, like, really frustrated with the idea that if I drove down the road, and this is just, like, me being, like, a follower, I guess... If I started to see solar panels going up, I would make the call. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd be like, why am I not doing it? Someone's yeah. making money. And if it's, if it's not feasible, then it's not feasible yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, and that's the thing. It's just the mentality of people, like even when they did that, you know, that, that FIT program started in 2009 and it just ended. And I think less than 10% of um, res like, uh, residents have solar panels, even, right. even with the, the incentives that happened. Right. You know, just too many people were still stuck in the mentality that, that you know, it wasn't affordable. And, right. Yeah. I, I think that has something to do with the fact that solar's been around for so long. And there's always been the idea that it's just not efficient yet enough. And when mm -hmm. I say efficient, I don't mean efficient in the way that scientists think efficiency is. Mm -hmm. But efficient in the way that we think about pocketbooks. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like something could be way more efficient, but it's more expensive to use. That's not efficient to weigh no, like no. balancing the budget efficiency. It's right. not not cost effective. Yeah. Cost effective, yeah. 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 So, do you have a solar system on your roof? I don't, but that's definitely like we're we're in the middle of a big reno on our house, and that's on the list. Okay. So we will we will have them, um, just not yet. And whereabouts do you live? Like in, in Valley View. In Valley View. Yeah, and we have a south facing roof, so it's perfect. Perfect. And there's no obstructions. There's no trees, no neighbors with. It's just perfect. There's no shade on our roof at all. So, so is there going to be a day when? New construction goes into a subdivision and all the roofs are lined up exactly in the same direction so that you can put solar panels on them. I actually just worked on a project where um, my friend, he's just launching his company. He's building his first fourplex right now. It's down on Larch Street, yep. um, just along Schubert there. I don't know if you guys have seen mm -hmm. it. Yep. The Net Zero fourplex. And I, I did the solar on that and that's what he wants to do. He wants to, um, he's, this is his first fourplex and he's going to cookie cutter it. And he wants to build like low... 
um, low-cost, net-zero um, housing. Right. And um, so he wants. That's what he wants to do eventually. Is you know buy buy big pieces of property and just develop them with these fourplexes. And so he, they would all be south facing. Right. They'd all be facing in the same direction. Cool. Um, let's chat a little bit about um, what Kamloops looks like on the perspective of other efficiency things that we can do in our house electrically related. So, you know, we had like infrastructure grants that we had in the province for a while that. You know, we put more insulation in our house. We upgrade our furnace to a high-efficiency furnace. There was mm -hmm. chunks of money there for that. There was, like, heat recovery ventilation could be installed. There's There was water heat recovery systems that you could put in. I don't think anyone in Canada's ever, ever put one in. Oh, wow. Um, but, like, when will we? When will there be, like, a big chunk of, ch a chunk of change? Or are you in a situation where you're, like, politically involved in moving the movement of solar ahead. I'm not, but I, I have recently decided like that is something that I want to do is become like, you know, start lobbying for uh, some kind of incentive. Yeah. Um, because that like we're behind Canada is supposed to be a leader when it comes to environmental issues and we're behind the rest of the world. Germany is a good example where they have so much solar there, but um, when it comes to peak sun hours every year and solar iridescence, um, Kamloops, is sunnier than any place in Germany. Hold on, can you just repeat that one more time? Kamloops is sunnier than any sunnier. part. Any, or, any part. Any part of Germany. Perfect. Yeah. Oh wait, let's let's talk about Vancouver too. We're also sunnier than they are. <laughs> yes, yes, we're much sunnier than Vancouver. Yeah. So it's a good place to buy a house. Yeah, I was gonna say buy then a house in Kamloops yeah. then. And then put your solar panel on it. Vancouver just needs yes. to harness their rain. I'm in um, Valley View, so I'm starting. I'm, I'm gonna heat my pool with the. Solar panels. Oh, great. I now have decided. Oh, that's awesome. Not with water, like you told me. Okay. But uh, because something needs to run the electrical part, too. Yeah, part. for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do my pool, too, and my house is south-facing, yeah. and I have a really great pitch on my roof. My roof is Ever? like this mm -hmm. south-facing. Okay. So. Amber's going to come and deal with us. Yeah. 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 There you go. I got a couple of referrals for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> once, they've, once they've made it pocketbook efficiency, then you can come over to my place. Oh, sure. Oh, so we're I, the guinea pigs? Yeah, yes. I'll jump That's on the bandwagon when it costs me. I'm all about zero. the environment, so I don't yeah. care. Yeah. She Perfect. doesn't have to drive that far to get to my house anyway, so. <laughs> well, it's an interesting concept that you just brought up that, you, like, the, the notion that I'm all about the environment, so it doesn't matter. It does matter because you need to motivate entrepreneurs and business to make it cost effective. The world benefits. Yeah. If you're just That's like, if, if you're trying to save a tree and you're hugging it, you're not stopping the problem. You're just saving like a portion of it. And I think that by not jumping on the bandwagon until it's cost effective and demanding that it's cost effective mm -hmm. via government, via, you know, putting in grants in place or just encouraging technology to get better to the point where it is mm -hmm. efficient, that's when you win in a macro version. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's, a, that's a good way of looking at it, actually. It's, it's like, it's just the laws of, of business. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really be on the notion that I'm just going to jump in because it's the right thing to do. Although that, you know, in the, in the micro version, that is the right thing to do, mm -hmm. right? But when we come together as a society and make it better for the macro side of things by mm -hmm. increasing the technology to the point where it now is like, it's a no brainer. We're not mm -hmm. going to dam another river for hydro. It's mm -hmm. just more efficient to release to that. that. Yep. I wonder why we have salmon issues. Yeah. It can't be a, no electrical consumption that we have. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just a better, 
it's a, that's the that's the vision Option. I have. Yeah. Mm. yeah. On the other hand, though, you do need those first crazy even back in the '70s, those first crazy people who did get the solar panels because that <laughs> that's what kind of spurred. Um, I agree. People just to, to keep on researching and make it better. Yep. You know, there was that small little market that you know people. So you know, if it weren't for them, I don't think that there the would pioneers be. of yeah. Solar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it would still sure. be just having our calculators, or you know. <laughs> yeah. Or would we? Yeah. Maybe we'd still be know. changing, putting watch batteries in our calculators. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, kind of a unique closing thoughts this this uh, podcast. I kind of want to go around the room and just say. 40, 50 years down the road, what is it going to look like for solar? Um, I think that it's going to be um, like a major contributor to our energy product production. I think that, you know, it's going to be... Um, could it could it fulfill us completely? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, the, the, the thing is, is, um, you know, it, it, to produce the solar panels, it takes a lot of time to like mine the silicone. You know, th th there there is some production that happens there, and you know, some natural resources are required. So, it's setting up that kind of infrastructure and getting everything in place before that'll happen. Right. But I think that it's definitely, um, you know, oil is not renewable, yep. and we're always going to need it. So um, we should actually be trying to conserve it a little bit more than we are. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a long time before, you know, we get ourselves to the point where we don't need it. So we need to find other ways to mass produce our energy so that we can conserve the oil. Right. I think it would be interesting if each subdivision, okay, had like the optimal, let's say in a development stage, okay, which I don't think in 50 years you're going to have single family dwellings in Calumps. Mm -hmm. They might still exist, but I don't think they're going to be being built. We're going to run out of space. They're going to be more multiplex kind of structures right so if we took a development site and we picked the most ideal location to put up a solar farm that would just purely be infrastructure for the subdivision that it's in right so mm -hmm. you have like two or three lots that is literally just this massive solar generating plant mm -hmm. in the most optical optimal location yeah. that feeds your subdivision yeah, and I, I believe those do exist. Like, there are big fields of solar in, yep. you know, Ontario has a, f a few. I think they had the biggest one, I believe, in the world for a while. Wow. And until, uh, I think, India and China kind of beat them out on that. But um, but we're getting one we're, we're getting one of those really close to us. Um, isn't it the, the upper Nikola India Indian band? Uh, yeah, I did hear something about yeah, that. They're, yeah, they're putting in, like, I can't even remember the numbers, but it's millions of dollars worth of solar Yep. It's a huge, and um, I would have actually contacted them. I would love to be a part of that, um, but I haven't heard anything back, so I'll have to keep bugging them about it. Right. Maybe yeah. they'll listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, closing thoughts, uh, Allie, what do you think? I'm way more interested now. Before, it definitely was something that they say, oh, it's it's out of some the normal person's reach. Yeah. I think that's what... Uh, We've all been thinking that, oh, no, just that guy can put it, not me. Yeah. Uh, but I'd definitely research more and, uh, and see what, what are the options because it seems to be something that it is in lots of people reach. Lots of people's reach. See, I'm not the only <laughs> one who kind of sputters <laughs> yeah. my words. Yeah, but English is your first language. Oh, I have so many excuses. <laughs> well, well, one thing I that I'm, I'm surprised I didn't hear the question from you guys is the resale value, being real estate oh, agents. I, I thought, it. oh, you were. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought we were wrapping up. I thought you might be mad if I asked it right away. Oh, yeah. No. 
Okay, well, let's just jump to it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, does, is it going to add value to your house? Oh, it absolutely does. Um, it's actually, out of all the things that you can do to your house, it, it adds um, more value for, for the cost of what it is. You'll recoup, you should recoup your full cost of what you Define put in. Define that further. Um, on, so there's two like, houses there's, on St. Paul Street. Yeah. They're identical in every way. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Okay. The first guy decides he's going to give you a call to install solar panels. Mm-hmm. And he's feeding the grid, he's making money, and he's almost net zero. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not possible, but close to it, okay? Mm-hmm. This, the other house is not. It's still a power-consuming, coal-burning, yeah. dam, <laughs> With high bills. <laughs> With higher bills. With higher bills. Uh. Yeah. Now, on resale today, mm-hmm. both those houses, they get listed for the same price. They do. I would challenge that they do. Really? Because, well, maybe in Kamloops, but because we're behind the times, but um, like studies show that in other places uh, where solar is more popular, maybe they, they can, um, for every kilowatt installed, will add um, up to $6,000 of value onto the listing price. And they tend to sell 20% faster. I would challenge that notion here in Kamloops, but I couldn't touch that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, because yeah. solar isn't a huge thing in Kamloops, that might be, it, it's definitely not going to be those kinds of numbers. But in places where solar is a thing and everybody, you know, that's what people want. Right. Um, yeah, it adds more value than what it costs. So I, I recently was involved in a home inspection before I became a realtor, and it was one of the earlier houses that had a solar panel. Um, it was a parallel circuit. Is that, is that a, was the correct term back in the day where okay. it fed the grid? Yep. Okay. And the seller was there when the buyer was purchasing the property and was spent 20 or 30 minutes explaining how the solar system was installed incorrectly. It was completely 100% ineffective because they put it in the wrong spot on the house. Oh, and There yeah. was a whole bunch of like installation mm-hmm. issues. Probably because there was no specialist at that time in Kamloops installing panels, right? Yeah. Well, technically, any electrician can install, so, install solar panels. They're trying to change that now. Um, solar um, certified? Yeah. I, I did a, uh, the, the CSA solar course in Calgary. Cool. Uh, they show you, um, you know, they, they teach you everything you need to know to install it properly and um, don't do all the calculations um, so that you can size the system, you know, appropriately for their needs and also place it properly on the property. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if I have you come to my house, are you fairly confident you're going to be able to f- build me a system that's going to feed the grid and pay my expenses on the installation cost? Uh, it will pay itself off um, after a certain number of years. Give me an idea. Um, in Kamloops... You could you could get a return on investment like depending on um, your your angle to the sun and everything like that because you know you're going to lose some efficiency. Sure, there's variables. Yeah, there's yeah. variables, but it could be as good as twelve to fourteen years. The average, I think, is right now today is probably more around sixteen years. But you have to remember that the warranty on those on the equipment is twenty five years, and it'll last much longer than that. So the day that it adds value, I think that you'll see that improve on resale because mm-hmm. right now the average Canadian spends seven and a half years in house. Yeah. So they never get to that. And that's why we need the incentive program because right. in Ontario, mm-hmm. if you sell a house with solar panels on it, 
Um, and the person can buy that contract that they have with the utility so that they get paid that, you know, it started out as 80.2 cents per watt. And then it, I think at the end it was only maybe 29 cents a watt, but still that's, that's a lot more than what they're, what what's you pay the for second it. tier? Yeah. What's the second tier rate? I, that I think it, I think it's around 13.2 cents a watt. I think right. that's, that's around 13, 13.5 cents. 13.5 cents. Yeah. Did you know that? No. You pay it. On the two. tier two, I yeah. Tier two. So even if you, you know, if you, if, and that's, um. I look at everything. On average, that's around, um, tier two starts after, I mean, it, they do it every, for every two months. They look at how many kilowatt hours you used in the two months, which is something around just over 1300 kilowatt hours. Um, and then after that, that's when you start paying the tier two or the step two. And if you average that out, which it's, it doesn't ever work out to that, um, it's around just over 8,000 kilowatt hours in a year. Um, so if you um, just size your system to, you know, offset the the step two, then that's where you're really making the, the most amount of money because now your watts are worth 13.5 cents rather than the 8.8. Um, and because you're just offsetting those... Um, those tier, you know, the step two watts, and you're still, you still have a bill, but you're not paying out the nose for your, right for the, mm. the step two. I mean, if you could drive up and down the, the road, mm -hmm. stop at a house, look at it, gauge, this is going to be a good location for solar panels. Mm -hmm. Do some calculations via Google Earth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And be able to walk up to that, because you can, it's, you can get people's hydro information. It's Free information. Oh, I did not know that. I always got it from the homeowner. I didn't know that I could. You get can get it from the homeowner. I'm sure anyone's be, yeah. be happy to give that to you if you were posing the idea that you might be able to save them some money. Mm -hmm. Put them a package in front of them that says, "Listen, if you do this right here, you will pay less every year from here forward." Mm -hmm. Yeah, done. There'll yeah. be panels going up everywhere. You would think so, but people don't like. It's really hard to do it when you have to come up with the initial cost, you know, of the twelve to fourteen thousand dollars, and then they don't see. That's the, where you partner with financing programs. And I've, I, yeah, I've, I've actually approached a few banks, but none of them really seem that interested. It was actually right. Scotia Bank that did a lot of the financing in Ontario, and um, so I tried them, and I haven't heard anything back from them either. Is there a bank that sets itself apart being green? I, I actually don't know. There must be a bank that says. Well, TD We're has a green bank. sign. Uh, yeah, so I was going to say, he's got a green. Yeah. TD has a green couch. Yeah. I don't know if they're looking for green, though. No. That's weird that there's not a bank out there that's, you know, like the Chevron of gas stations. <laughs> you know, tweet, tweet, birds flying, grass growing, yeah. trees growing. Yeah. Gas station. And smog. Yeah, and smog. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I think, uh, I know I learned a lot about solar here and I'm still dabbling with the idea of like, is it going to save me money? Am I going to be in my house long enough to see that? Mm -hmm. When that day happens, I think there'll be a real reason for everybody to put a panel on their roof. For sure. Yeah. And I have no doubt that will happen in the future. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that is. I can't wait for it to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we're, I think we still need to find a way to beat the, the financing burden of the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And yes. I think if we can solve that problem, then I want to invest in your business because you're probably going to be more wealthy than me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll change my, my course on that French Canadian joke that I started with. <laughs> Amber, thanks for being with us today. If somebody's interested in getting a quote for solar or maybe just some general electrical repairs, installations, 
how do people get a hold of you? Oh, um, they can go to my website at www.greensleeveselectriclimited.ca or they can email me at ambercashlin, that's A-M-B-E-R-C-A-C-H-E-L-I-N at gmail.com or they can give me a call 250-320-4507. Cool. There's a number of ways to get a hold of you. Yeah. Do you have to spell your name consistently? Like I do. And, and if people see it, they don't know how to pronounce it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Amber. That was great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Cool.